0: This is a test of the Mountain Bike Radio broadcasting system. Important information will follow this tone.
1: Hey Mountain Bike Radio listeners, this is Ben. I'm just cutting in quick with a little explanation of the advertisement that you're going to hear shortly. Don't worry, it's not long. But it's from Epic Rides. And if you're a fan of Mountain Bike Radio for any length of time, you know that I'm a big fan of Epic Rides. I've done their races and they're doing really cool stuff. That whole gang over there is great to work with, and uh, I really appreciate their support. So I would appreciate if you head over to EpicRides.com and even send them an email. You can send them an email to info at EpicRides.com, and just send them a thank you for supporting Mountain Bike Radio, because it's allowing us to do even more cool stuff, keep the good things rolling, and uh, it's awesome. So here's a quick message. So thanks for listening, and enjoy the episode.
0: Hey, I'm Todd Wells, a SRAM, TLD, and Cliff Bar-sponsored pro mountain biker, and 2016 Epic Rides Off-Road Series Men's Champion. I'm stoked for the 2017 season of racing and parting at the Whiskey Off-Road, Grand Junction Off-Road, and Carson City Off-Road races. All three of those offer big rides, world-class trail systems, and they're right out the door from downtown. Join me and thousands of others for a weekend of bikes, free live music, and plenty of bike industry shenanigans epic rides events are known to fill up early get more info and register today at epicrides.com now enjoy the podcast on mountain bike radio
1: welcome to episode five of the trailhead i'm ben and with me is matt how's it going uh everything is going swell swell until we break it with this episode on brakes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to break down your brakes. Exactly. All right, listeners. So this episode is kind of the finale, unless we have more ideas that pop up, but finale of a mini series discussing just general maintenance. And we broke it down into the first three were rotational bearings. So like headset, bottom bracket, hubs, kind of some routine maintenance, things to look for, just basic uh, basic tips on that. And then the second one, we talked about forks and uh, shocks, all the boingy parts, things to just routine maintenance there. And then we talked about some more full suspension and uh, pivots. So getting a little bit more specific on that, but some basic things that you can do to maintain your bike and, or knowing when to go to the shop and what to ask for. And just to make sure that you're not getting screwed. All right. So in this one, like I said, the brakes, we're going to talk about some same things, some routine maintenance, some things to think about, uh, things that happen, when to know or when you know to get things fixed or take it in to the shop or questions to ask. Before we get into all that, I want to two things. Go to mountainbikeradio.com slash support MBR and you will find out how to support Mountain Bike Radio. Make sure it continues. We've been doing this for several years now. At the last year, it's really, it's really become something that's a definite animal by itself. And, uh, we're trying to kind of control that. And it's like a zoo, right? We kind of control it, but at the same time, let it do its thing. But to, uh, keep the doors open to that zoo, we need your support. So go over to mountainbikeradio.com slash support MBR.
0: So. So is it a zoo or is it more like an animal sanctuary?
1: It is a animal sanctuary and animal sanctuary. And we invite everybody in and uh, you can see everybody in their natural environment and get information, valuable information about them instead of like buying those, you know, like stamped coins like instead of selling you a bunch of shit, we basically give you valuable information about all of mountain biking. How's that?
0: Yeah, so we're a really informed ranger at the sanctuary yeah, rather than being exactly. a trinket seller at the gate.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Cool. So if you want the if you want the animal sanctuary to continue, go over to mountainbikeradio dot com slash support mbr. The second <laughs> that's metaphor your metaphor for the day. And uh, the second is I encourage you also if you're new to just go over to mountainbikeradio.com because there's a couple different things to to find out there or a couple different ways to dig through the archives. Just go to the homepage. There's this really nice player that you can scroll through and listen to the 800 episodes that are out there or whatever, 700. Yeah, 800. 809 at this yeah, point. Yeah, 809 that are out there. Or you can go at the top of the page, click on shows, and it's a nice organized way of digging through all the different shows. Because if you found us on, uh, let's say, iTunes or some other podcatcher, uh, it's not always clear. You might be able to dig through the archives and like listen to all the episodes, but it won't be clear as to like you'll get more pictures and you'll get some descriptions and you'll find out who the hosts are if you go to the website. So it gives you a very broad idea and gets you some, and then you can dig in more specifically to what we're all about. So that's it. All right, brakes. First of all, I'm going to leave this off. And I'm going to say that uh, it's very easy to get technical on all of this this detail. Uh, But what we're going to talk about are the brakes. There's a couple parts that you should know. Caliper is that part that attaches to your fork or your frame in the back. It's the part that holds the brake pads, which are uh, the parts that actually squeeze onto a metal part called the rotor. The rotor, aka the the metal finger slicer. Yeah, finger slicer, metal shiny thing that uh, gets real hot and will burn you. But the the rotor is attached to your wheel. So when we talk about all these, Matt's going to get kind of discuss all this. But just remember, the rotor is the metal piece. The caliper is that. uh, Usually black. It comes in a couple different colors, but it's usually black. That'll be attached to your to your fork, and it'll be attached to your frame in the back. And then uh, your levers are the ones that you will pull with your fingers that are on your handlebars. All right, Matt. <laughs> wait, wait. So fingers on your handlebars? No. When you put your hands on the bars and you go to squeeze the brakes, those are your levers.
0: Oh, you said you'll pull the levers with the fingers on your handlebars. No, 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 so- no.
1: With when you're – Sorry. Okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. All right. So that's it. So what do we need to do? Daily maintenance, uh, things to look for, maybe yearly maintenance. Uh, What do we need to do?
0: Okay. So the first thing I'm going to outline is the things you'll need to tackle this job. The first thing is clean hands. Uh, You should always use clean hands when messing with your disc brake rotors. And if you want to do some cleaning and Just like visual inspection, you'll need clean hands, a flashlight, preferably a really small one, either paper towels or those blue shop towels that you would get at like Home Depot or Lowe's or AutoZone, um, and 90% isopropyl alcohol. Uh, You want a very high alcohol percentage because it's going to dry faster and it's going to leave behind less residue. And with that said... I would recommend rubber gloves because you want really clean hands. You don't want to dry all the natural oils out of your hands, which will lead to cracking of your cuticles and whatnot, especially if it's wintertime or you're in a drier climate. So wearing rubber gloves kind of kills two birds with one stone. Um, and the wonderful thing is, is then you can pull them off, use them again on a dirtier job in the future, like overhauling something or picking up your yard if you have dogs. So what you'd want to look for is pad life. The the first thing you want to check kind of routinely, so this would be, let's say, weekly or monthly, kind of depending on how much riding you're getting. And once you start to get a feel for your pad wear, is just shine a flashlight into your caliper and see how much disc brake pad is left. And the pad will be two pieces. There's an aluminum or steel backer. They're very usually, or titanium, actually. Aluminum or titanium or no, steel backers, so you'll have a metal backer, and then the pad will be protruding off of that backer. And what you'll want to do is make sure that there is ample pad still protruding past that small spring that separates the two pads. If any of that stuff is confusing, what we'll do with this show is we'll post a couple of photos of what I'm talking about. But you want to make sure that you have plenty of pad. That's the first thing. And plenty is going to be a millimeter or two protruding past the spring. The second thing that you're going to want to do is visually inspect your brake rotor. Is it funny colors? Like, does it look like rainbow effect now? Or is it all brown and burnt looking? If so, know that you're getting some heat buildup and heat management issues. Um, And that's something that we honestly will need to cover later. Uh, but the other thing you want to check for is gouges or any differences in thickness. So it'll be very clear where the disc brake pad touches the rotor. And if there's a little shelf where the rotor is wearing thin there, but the rest of the rotor is thicker, you'll need to replace that rotor. Um, it's pretty much a go, no go zone. If you're, there's always exceptions. If it's a bar bike or something silly, don't worry about it, but if you're actually riding the bike, you don't need to have any changing thickness in your rotor. Um, maybe the, the next thing to think about or to know is, so you're, you're worried you need to change your pads. Well, when you change your pads, inside of the caliper, there's two pistons, and those pistons are what are going, well, there's at least two pistons, but there's going to be a piston inboard and outboard that pushes on each pad in order to squeeze the rotor and slow you down as the pad wears those pistons advance so the lever feel remains consistent as you go to change your pads you will have to push those pistons back into the caliper and that's going to be a pretty involved process you want to make sure that those pistons are very clean you want to make sure they go in straight yada yada again we're not really going to cover that here But the thing that you need to know is you look at your pads, you think they need to be changed. You can't just ram new pads in there and go on with your life. You're going to have to do some work on the caliper to make sure that works properly still. And the reason that's going to be pricey if you take it to a bike shop is occasionally when you push those pistons back in, you need to do a quick little bleed of the brake to make sure everything's still happy once that's done. So, Changing disc brake pads, while it seems like it's a very simple process, and sometimes is, it sometimes isn't, so it may cost a little bit to get that done, which is totally worth it because it keeps your face from slapping into the ground when you can't stop. Yeah. Um, So that kind of is like the the first bit of all of this. I mean, I think that's pretty well— manageable right um
1: just look at your grab the flashlight look at your brake pads and kind of go from there
0: yep and the the reason for cleanliness is you don't want any contaminant on the pads um and that's a we'll we'll cover noise and stuff in the next episode probably we'll do a brakes part two let's say um but another thing to know is if you do need to bleed your brakes you and you you're an at-home bleeder which is cool um if You you can usually get away with a quick lever bleed. And if you do a lever b- bleed on your brake today so you can get out and make a ride with your friends, that's all fine. That's all well. But just know that before your next big ride, I would like to see a full system bleed done to that brake. And the the reason for that is if you do a lever bleed. What is a lever the, bleed? Uh, that would be putting whatever your... Manufacturer recommends whether it be a funnel or a syringe or a baggie of fluid, whatever the company calls for. Usually they want you to put one on the lever, one on the caliper, and go through a pretty involved process to ensure the entire system doesn't have air in it. The reservoir of all of the hydraulic brakes that I'm familiar with is on the lever end. So if there is air in the system, it's usually at the lever, and you can just put your attachment, whatever they require, onto the lever and do a little... Quick push pull plunger, or uh, maybe pump the brake if it's a funnel brake. But you can get air out of the system that way, and that's a very quick and and simple process. But it's a band aid. Right. So that's the thing: is if you if you put a band aid on it, you need to come back later and do the full bleed to the system, which would be hooking up both ends of the system and and doing the full manufacturer's recommended process of getting the. Getting the air out and getting more sauce in.
1: Okay. So we've we've dug into that a little little detailed. So if you're kinda lost us for a second, we'll bring you back. All right. All right. Yeah. So routinely, let's say maybe after a couple rides or weekly or something, you're gonna you're gonna check the brake pads, take a look over the rotor, make sure there's not like chips in either, basically, and make sure that uh stuff's not worn out. All right. And what's what's next? What should people, I guess, look for in terms of when things aren't maybe when things aren't working right, or maybe they're leaking, you know, maybe they notice a little bit of fluid on their, on their, by their lever or something going on. What should people look for?
0: Um, you need to, and this is where, and this has sort of been a running theme of this, this little mini series is cleanliness. You know, if you keep everything nice and clean and suddenly there's a fluid buildup somewhere, you know that you have an issue developing, um, the so where i'm going with that is the first thing to check is just look at the hose make sure that the hose isn't not firmly attached make sure that everything that there's no big kinks in the hose um and this would be again once you start to see maybe a little issue but honestly if you stay on top of, of visually maintaining your pads and rotors you're going to avoid most of the problems that that people see um you know, a lot of times people will, will run their their pads too long and then they wear through that brake pad material and the backing material destroys the rotor pretty quickly. Um, so then you're buying a rotor and pads when you could have only purchased pads if you had done it, you know, X number of rides sooner. And that's, I think, the the thing is a little bit of constant care and, and just putting your eyes on it and saying, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. And you may say, well... Matt, Ben, I don't know what bad's going to look like. Well, you, you will, you know I mean? Because if, if
1: you've been paying attention into, you know, every couple of days and just inspecting things routinely like that, you know, like just looking at the, just the act of looking at your brake pads, let's say just once a week, you are going to understand how it wears and how it wears versus how it feels. So the lever is going to start feeling a little bit different as things wear, Right. But if you don't look at your pads and your rotors and just a quick inspection to see what is going on while you feel that, you're not going to understand, you know, you're not going to get a real good feel for what's going on.
0: Right. And kind of like I said in the pivot episode is it's, it's becoming a little more intimate with your bike. And I don't mean that in a a funny way. I mean, like, like a, an intimate, like, you know, that this looks like this, you know, that this feels like this, you know, that. You know, uh, you clean this much brake dust out of off of your lower fork leg kind of after those hard descents. And if suddenly things are way different or if that brake dust is a way different color or your rotor changed colors during that last ride. Like if you keep your eyes on it, you might not know what broken is, but you'll know what different is and different. You know, things don't just rapidly change. So if it looks different and you don't know what it is. Again, that's when you go to your bike shop and you, you then have that history. You go in as a very informed customer saying, hey, I've been doing, I've been checking this, I've been checking this. And then for argument's sake, I got caught in the rain and now my pads are totally trashed and I'm afraid this rotor is questionable. I know I need pads. What do you think about a rotor? How much? How fast? You know, you can go in telling, it's like the, the telling ask of I know I need this. What else do I need? How much does it cost? When can you have it done? Thank you very much you know? Yeah.
1: So to sum it up, brakes are pretty simple.
0: They are. And it also gives you the information if you've, and we're, we'll cover a little bit more in breaks on the next episode again. Um, but it'll kind of let you know, like if you go to a bike shop, you don't normally go to and they tell you all these things are broken with your bike that you've visually seen have been fine. Then you, you're a little more informed. Um, not saying people are just going to be out there to rip you off, but you may run into a situation where you're more informed than the person on the other side of the counter. Um, and that's, that's totally fine. It would just be being humble and being like, Oh, okay, well, uh, you know, I might get a second opinion, you know, and then you just kind of have a good idea of what you're working with. So.
1: Yep. So there you go.
0: It prevents you from being sold blinker fluid.
1: Blinker fluid works well. Sure. Yeah. It's like you got
0: to get that real low temperature blinker fluid in, up there, right? It's
1: smooth. It breaks, breaks smooth. You know, it's real nice and smooth. Right. Yeah. All right. That's pretty much all I could get here probably. Yeah. You have a better chance. Put it this way. You have a better chance of getting blinker fluid here than you would of getting a set of brakes here where I live currently. Yeah. Yeah, they're both as likely. All right, so listeners. Oh, hold on,
0: quick, quick aside here. If yeah, you don't yeah. know, if you don't know, blinker fluid is is it's not, not real. a real thing for yeah. your car. You right. can't get it.
1: I was kind of um, hoping that that was uh, pretty obvious, but
0: uh, you know, I just just want to make sure. I just right. want everyone to be informed when they. I don't want them. To, what's blinker fluid? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, I guess we can't really lie to people on this one because that would probably be bad. Right. Yeah.
0: We are trying to instill confidence here.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So if you're having break issues and uh, you're thinking, oh, I already did all this and now I'm having issues, send it our way and we can talk about, maybe talk about, kind of break it down in the next episode of breaks.
0: <laughs> break it down. <laughs>
1: exactly. Hopefully more than one person caught that. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that. But if you, so like I said, summarize it all. Is inspect those pads, inspect the rotors. Uh, and like if it gets greasy somewhere, if you see a little bit of fluid leaking out, if your brakes aren't working the same, one lever is different, uh, something's funky. And if you take the next step of actually opening up a reservoir to see what's in there and one looks really dirty, your other one might be really dirty as well. And uh, you need to take the next step right there. How's that summarize the whole thing?
0: That's good. Yeah. And okay. we'll, we'll, I want to go into like pad contamination and lever. Or uh, fluid colors and stuff in the next episode. Perfect. So it'll be good.
1: Perfect. So basically, if you see metal chips in your fluid, you might want to figure out where that's coming from. All or it right. It looks like pond water. Well, that too. Yeah. It's like murky green slime kind of stuff. Um, not that I've ever seen that, but uh, all right. <laughs> so go to uh, mountainbikeradio.com, support, slash support MBR. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, uh, everywhere else. <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening. That uh, does it for, what was it again? Episode five, huh? Yeah. Episode Ep- five. Yeah. yeah. Episode five of the trailhead. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate the time. And uh, No sweat. Listeners, keep listening. Any ideas, we are definitely open to it, and we really appreciate you tuning in. Have a great yep, day.
0: And shoot those to Ben at Mountain Bike Radio or Matt at MountainBikeRadio.com. Yes. Have cool. a great day. This concludes the test of the Mountain Bike Radio broadcasting system. A desire to ride will follow this tone.